Hello all, welcome to First Watch Rewatch. Here's the podcast where we go to the thrift store of pop culture and sometimes find that gem, but sometimes you find that moth-infested jacket that it's like, why in the holy hell did I buy that? And speaking of which, I'm going to bring in the greatest other host from the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, a lover of the room and big, big fan of the film we're about to talk about, Jason X. Welcome, Todd. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah. I've watched three movies now for this podcast, and I've seen The Room, and I love Buckaroo Banzai. I hated this movie. Absolutely. I was watching it the other day, two days before we recorded this, and I was sitting down on my love seat watching it, taking notes, thinking, this has got to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and not fun bad. Just bad bad. We're recording this on Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it. I took my son to a doctor's appointment this morning. And as I filled out the paperwork, I was like, oh, it's Friday the 13th. And even though this podcast comes out on the 15th, I did tell somebody I was going to do a Halloween one. And I, had, I gave you a couple of options. And I want to give you a little history on Jason X before we talk about it. Golly, For those okay. of you that don't know, Jason <laughs> X is the 10th Friday the 13th movies. So let me talk a little bit about the Friday the 13th movies. You and I were talking before we recorded here, Ty, that this may be the only Friday the 13th movie you've ever seen. It 100% is, because as I was thinking about it, I've never seen any until I watched this. I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, and I've never seen the Michael Myers Halloween movies. So this is my first foray, if you will, into these movies, and I got to watch something else because this one was so bad. <laughs> this may be the only Friday the 13th movie I've seen beginning to end. Now, we're obviously both very familiar with the franchise, mm-hmm. but neither of us know who Tommy Jarvis is. No, I yeah. know who Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger are. Right, but the real deep fans, they'll be like, ooh, Tommy Jarvis and this whole, there's a whole history with Friday the 13th. Again, I know a lot of these movies. I've probably seen pieces here or there. I'm going to talk about one of them in a moment here. But Jason X in particular... I'm going to give first my history with it. In 2005, I lived in Milwaukee, and I was just, uh, I wasn't feeling well one day. It was like a weekend or something like that, and I was flipping through channels, and on Sci-Fi Channel, this Jason X was on, and I sat and I watched the whole thing, and I said, man, that was incredibly stupid, but for some reason, I kind of still loved it. Okay. And then last year around Halloween, just to get into the spirit of things, I was looking through something, and I saw, oh, Jason X is on some streaming service. I'm like, maybe... Maybe it's not as good as I thought. And I watched it and I'm like, nope, I love this movie. <laughs> and, then, and then I had you watch it this week and then I watched it again. You watched it first and you're like, this is terrible. I'm like, yeah, maybe it was terrible. I'm like, nope, this movie is not a horror masterpiece, but I'll get into that. So getting back to Friday the 13th, the first one came out in May 9th of 1980. Really small oh, I film. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, small film. It had a budget of just a couple hundred thousand dollars. It made, back in 1980, about $60 million, so equivalent wow. to almost $200 million today. It was a huge hit. And yeah. I know before I get all the people mad at me and stuff like that, the first Friday the 13th, it's Jason Voorhees' mother who's the killer. And it's a very okay. kind of straight-up horror film because her son, Jason, had drowned in a lake, and she blamed all the camp counselors because they were too busy smoking pot and getting it on, and that's why she was doing this. Which we'll talk about from this movie <laughs> yes. in a little bit. So it was kind of a little bit more serious, but at the very end, there's like a hand that comes up from the lake and drags somebody down. I've seen that in um, like clip shows. Yes. I've seen that. So it created this kind of iconic imagery. Then there was Friday the 13th Part 2, which was now Jason going around <laughs> and acting revenge. And it had nearly triple the budget and it made about a third of the amount of money. It still was. Why? That's 
I mean, it didn't capture the the ingenuity of the first one. And you got to remember at the time, too, this is around when Halloween's coming out, too. So okay. you've got this kind of genre horror film being created. Friday the 13th Part 3 came out, oh God, I mean, these came out in 81, then 82. It oh, was they were made, pumping them out. Yeah. It was made for twice the budget of Part 2, and it made about twice the amount of money, but not the same amount from the first movie. Okay. And that was the one that introduced the hockey mask. That was the first time he ever put the hockey mask on. Got a note about that <laughs> from Jason X also. Then you had Friday the 13th, uh, part four, the final chapter, which nope, it was not. Clearly wasn't, yeah. It may, again, it was about the same as part three. I mean, again, these weren't huge movies by any means, but they were making money. They were doing sure. well. Then Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Again, a lot of the same. Part six, Jason lives. Again, a lot. The only thing I know about Jason Liz is it supposedly starts out at the beginning with the dude, this Tommy Jarvis I was talking about, taking a metal stake because he wants to make sure Jason's dead and digging up the grave and putting the metal. It's a thunderstorm outside and he puts a metal stake in Jason and lightning hits it and Jason comes back alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then there is Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. I might have seen this movie. See with the Muppets? Oh, yeah, it is a... Uh, this movie bombed. I, the last one didn't do very well either because he spends most of the time on a boat going to Manhattan. What's the point of that? Yeah. Now, Although Jason X was pretty boring. And then you had Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, which was your ninth movie. And that came out in 1993, and it, it bombed again. It just did not do well. Uh, it was made for $3 million. It did make about sixteen, but still. The movie had switched production companies. I think it went from Paramount to New Line Cinema. And at the end of the final Friday, you see the, they kill Jason or something like that. And you see Freddy Krueger's hand with the, you know, Ned Flanders gloves. Yeah. Uh -huh. You see the hand come up and take Jason's mask and pull it down, seemingly pulling them to hell. And uh, so everybody's okay. like, holy crap, we're going to get a Freddy Krueger Jason movie. Didn't they make one of those? They did. It came out in 2003. So this was okay. 10 years. So Freddy vs. Jason did it's been about 10 years in developmental hell it just they could not get it together so okay. in the interim they're trying to just make a movie you got to keep the property alive so you can keep it and oh, everything yeah. and they brought in some new people and they're like here what can you do with jason and the writer here by the name of i think it's chris farmer let me make sure or no the writer todd farmer said what if we put jason in space <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and the people at New Line said, that's a terrible idea. And he's like, no. They were right. He was like, no. He said, look, Scream was a was an effective movie. The movie Scream had come out by now. That still was a good horror movie, but it kind of like played into the tropes of the horror genre, and they did something new. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a shot. So this first-time screenwriter, first-time director, James Isaac, who had done a lot of effects work for David Cronenberg films, which we'll get to. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> They, I didn't realize. <laughs> New Line said, all right, do what you want. They got uh, Kane Hodder, who had played Jason in a few movies, brought in. Yeah, his name was big in the opening credits yeah, for this movie. Yeah, I think he was top billed. Now, okay. And I'll talk about all the actors in this movie afterwards. They've all surprisingly had okay career. All right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to put Jason in space. We're going to write this script. And New Line didn't like everything they liked to do, but they're like, okay, fine. Go ahead and do what you want. And it ended up... Uh, the biggest thing New Line did was kept cutting their budget, which we'll go through. I mean, sure. I think the, 
biggest F- uh, visual effects of this movie is the opening credits. Uh, uh, the spaceship, the horrible, horrible spaceship <laughs> that looks like a screensaver. Jason X was released, and it was released in Spain for one day near the end of 2001. I have no idea why. And why then, in Spain? Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> I, it's, Believe it or not, it's very hard to find a lot of information on this movie other than the basics. Shocker. And then it came out on April 26, 2002. Now, so everybody knows, including yourself, Ty, what we're getting into. When people went to the movie theaters to see what movies were coming out, here's the trailer they heard for the 10th Friday the 13th movie. Which, again, they've been waiting six years for this, okay? Or about seven years, yeah. In the year 2455, on a routine training mission... A team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power up the lab. You brought them on board? Everything's under control, man. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees, that's what's going on. He's an unstoppable killing machine. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What are you high? Uh oh. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> you have got to get them out of there. Hey, Slappy! I think we're finally okay. What the hell is that? gotta be kidding me oh wow he's been modified oh you think you guys might want to run I don't think he's out there. Why don't you just stick your head out and have a peek? So that great, great bodies hit the floor song is a was that, was that song made for this movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But it's the seminal song by Drowning Pools. I, I, I assume there is some screamo band from the early 2000s. All right, before we get into the plot, let, let I, me get oh, hold on. I want to say that trailer is so much more exciting than the movie actually was. I actually think it's a pretty good trailer. Really? Because, I've never seen the trailer. Yeah, because it, it's, uh, well, it starts out pretty good because you don't know what it is. You just, it's okay. like a typical, like, ooh, weird ass sci fi film where it's like, okay. oh, they're going to find something here. And then you hear, say, Jason Voorhees and. Any of uh, the Friday the 13th fans are probably like, finally, we're going to get Jason versus Freddy. Wait a second. What's this? Yeah. No. And a lot of the stuff in that trailer after just watching this movie two days ago happens near the end of the movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. The upgrade, the robot saying you guys better run, like all that is at the end. Yeah. For those of you guys who don't know, Jason becomes Cyborg Jason, or as they call him, Uber Jason or something yep. in the comic books. But uh he, uh, you're right. That happens. I actually marked it in my thing. That, there's 15 minutes left in the movie when that happens. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was near the end. <laughs> the longest ending of a movie I think I've ever watched. So before I get into the plot, what are some of your general thoughts? I'll just read my first note here is 
calls it a quote-unquote film in the opening credits. Hilarious is what I wrote. And then as they're putting the actors on there, I wrote, I don't know any of the actors. And then these opening credits are long. It was Tommy Wiseau room-esque with these opening credits. And there's like... Not like classical music play, instrumental classical music in the background, and I have no idea what's going on. And then as soon as they get all that done, another thing I do know from these movies that I've never seen before is they mention Crystal Lake. Because this cryo place that they're at is on like Crystal Lake facility or something like that. I know Crystal Lake has to do with Jason. Yeah, that's the camp. camp. All right. Mm -hmm. I knew there was something involved with that. Yeah, sitting there watching it, I think I knew... I, I knew pretty early on I wasn't going to enjoy this because I didn't know any of these actors. The opening credits were incredibly long. Jason's sitting there all chained up, and some young guy comes out and puts a sheet over his head. And it's like, okay, well, that guy's obviously going to die. And then what this person said is one of the first lines in the movie really grossed me out because this girl, Rowan, so, is her name. So is- hold on, hold on a second because I have this sound cue. Okay. So we know where we're at. Everything you said, there's a... Rowan is the main girl in this. She's trying to... Take care of Jason. Yeah, she's she's like basically says he can't die, so they're gonna freeze him. And yep. this snotty scientist and army dudes come in, and uh, here's what the scientist here's a conversation between the scientist and Rowan because there's a great story behind this. Okay, doing here? I'm taking the specimen. Well, you can't. I haven't prepped the cryostasis chamber. I don't want him frozen, Rowan. I want him soft. Gross. We've already discussed this. Yeah, well, I had to go over your head. I'm moving him to our Scranton facility. Dr. Wimmer, you can't risk transporting him through open country. This isn't open for discussion. His unique ability to regenerate lost and damaged tissue, I mean, it just, it cries out for more research. And you're willing to risk the deaths of innocent civilians if he escapes? Yes. Okay, so a few things. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, just Rowan. Now I give that actor credit. She like is really going for it, and clearly she knows she's leading a movie that probably isn't good. Mm-hmm. But this actor and I, this doctor, and I know you'll get into mm-hmm. it. My note after the line, which the line is one of the <laughs> grossest things I've ever heard in my life. But then my very next note, I kid you, probably not right after you said that, I wrote. This doctor seems like a bad doctor, is what I wrote right after that. <laughs> okay, so that doctor, it wasn't credited this way, but it came out later. Everybody knows because he's done a few other things. Is famed film director David Cronenberg. It's like body horror guy, right? Yes, yeah. So he's done. <laughs> Didn't he just recently have a movie with Skarsgård where he's full frontal in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cronenberg at this time is coming off of, so he had done The Fly in the 1980s. He'd done Videodrome, Scanners, the movie Crash, where they all get hot over car crashes Car crashes, not the racist crash. No, no, no. Won an Oscar. (laughs) And then he, so he's, but he's a very well-established director. Very, very well-known director. This is before he does like History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and things Mm -hmm. like that. But James Isaac, who I said is a director, did a lot of the visual effects for Cronenberg. And so Isaac said he wanted to use some of his guys to do uh, visual effects for this movie. And Cronenberg said, I'll let you do it if you put me in the movie. And he said he has to be one of the first people killed by Jason. Yeah, because that was my note after that. (laughs) Well, six minutes in, we already have our first death is what I read. Well, what happened is the writer, Todd Farmer, somebody came up to him quietly and said, Cronenberg's rewriting some of your lines. (laughs) And he's like, 
he's like, oh, he goes, and he's like, I wasn't mad. I'm like, David Cronenberg's rewriting my script, and I'm going to get credit for it. And one of those lines that Cronenberg rewrote is, I don't want him hard. I want him soft. Why would he, does, was he being tongue in cheek? Does he know what he's saying? He wants to have like, fun. I was going to say, did he think this is going to be, this is going to be on, like, was he thinking this is going to be on a shirt or something? Like, I don't understand why you would say that. And Jason is an unkillable machine. It's not like he's out there humping everything that moves he does it all jason wants to do is kill that's all he cares about and here's where again you're gonna hear me defend a lot in this movie but this is one that uh, by the way i'll say that i'll talk about this at the end too the fans of the movie hate this film they hate this movie. oh really this okay. is their least favorite one of all of them because Not it surprising. essentially makes fun of them yeah but, yes it is doing that for sure <laughs> There's this whole mythology, like I said, with Jason. There's this, uh, that Tommy Jarvis character is in like three or four movies. There's a whole thing with his mom, and he dies one way but comes back this way. There's always a quote-unquote explanation for how Jason okay. comes back. This movie just says he can't be killed. Another one of my notes after the, so I have two things. After I wrote Bad Doctor didn't last long because he got killed trying to transport Jason, I have a note, which is a question is, is Jason bulletproof? And then right after that, is Jason unkillable? Because mm -hmm. they shoot him many, many times, <laughs> and he just keeps walking. So all this, you know, Jason can regenerate. He's like the Wolverine or whatever. Yeah, was, his, he, his, his muscles or something, they yeah. say, regenerate. At this is strictly this movie. It's not part of any of the greater things. And Okay, because... They, Jason should have... I mean, we'll talk about it near the conclusion <laughs> of this movie, but he should have died countless times oh, yeah. during this. yeah. But like you said, the one dude obviously gets killed and then there's a big fight with the army guys and the doctor and the Cronenberg doctor gets like a spike thrown through him or something. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's, it's pretty typical Friday the 13th stuff. Jason finds what he has around him. He's got his machete. But it's not scary and it's not really no. that gory. It's no. just bloody. Yeah, that's right. That's all it is. It's just it's yeah. it's just a gore film. It's not mm -hmm. by no means. There's no real jump scares, and I think this whole movie. No, there's they no try. Real, yeah, but they like they do those whole quiet and then loud. They even mm -hmm. did it in the trailer. But like again, that's another thing I didn't like about it. I don't like scary movies to begin with, and I certainly don't like jump scare movies. Mm -hmm. This one tried yeah. and mm -hmm. it didn't succeed. No, but the so you have the main character Rowan, who when I talk about the actors and is played by an actress named Lexi Doig. I, Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but she gets Jason trapped in the cryo thing. And yeah, it's oh, by the way, this <laughs> takes place in the future year of 2010, 2010. <laughs> so 13 years ago. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, this is a high tech, like probably military slash corporate facility with this cryo chamber that's going to freeze mm -hmm. Jason and his 20, 30 year old machete punctures through yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah. And like. That's another thing that I wrote, too. You know, she gets him in the cryo chamber or whatever. Like you said, she starts the freezing process, but he punches through it. And I wrote my next notes after that were, how did Jason and this girl get frozen? Wasn't there a breach? Because that's what it said when he yeah. punches through. Breach. And you see all the cryo smoke going out, but somehow they were both frozen. Uh, they just yada yada over all that. But you're yada yada <laughs> over the best part. And then when we jump ahead to these people coming in my very next note is these people are dumb <laughs> as they're walking in like they don't know anything what's a hockey mask mm. who's this as as Arell or whatever his name is that kid is a moron <laughs> yeah so <laughs> jump it's about two i think they say 245 years in the future or something yeah they're 
you see Earth looks like a wasteland through the best of PlayStation mm-hmm. 2 graphics that you could have mustered yep. back in 2001. They find this facility. They, you find out it's a bunch of students and the professor on like a field trip. They find yeah. this facility and that one dude, Azrael, who I just wrote him down as stoner guy. Uh-huh, he's like, totally. hey, look at this dude. And he, or he gets a coffee cup to a, stuck to his hand and he's bashing on it and Jason falls forward and cut his, cuts his arm off. <laughs> Oh, don't worry about it. Your arm will come. And they yeah. also, like, all the people there, and I, this might have been the robot lady who said it, but I didn't catch it. She calls them humanoids. And yeah. my note is, aren't they human? Yes. <laughs> so, like, yeah. and like why would said, they be humanoids? There's a, I call her manic pixie android girl. There's this totally. perfect early 2000s little manic pixie girl. But, yeah, she's a robot. You find out very quickly that the professor needs money. I don't oh, yeah. know why. So he's What like, was with that phone call that he had with the guy, yeah, too? Like, yeah. that was weird. Which, again, this is 250 years later, and the one guy's like, oh, Jason Voorhees. 2455, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jason Voorhees? Oh, yeah, that's a name. And it's like, really? Okay. Yeah, I would, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, and, and this is where I wrote my note, that this movie really hates capitalism. Yeah. Because at the very start, does. the Cronenberg doctor is like, she's like, don't you care if people died? He's like, no. <laughs> and, then, nah, and then yeah. this professor in this supposedly enlightened future is like, nope, I need money. Mm-hmm. So you get that really, uh, really yeah. quick. You also get the scene of the one of the students with the professor who's wearing like a nightie and she's got forceps mm-hmm. pinching his nipples. <laughs> yeah, like dominatrix stuff. And so I wanted to know why they're so young. That was explained in the trailer mm-hmm. because they're students and everything. But when they re energize or whatever they call it when they make Rowan essentially come back to life on Freezer. The pilot of the ship says some real creepy stuff oh, yeah. about her. He's like, and then is that she pilot- hot? And he's like, exactly. oh, I'm so lonely. <laughs> yeah. But that pilot looked, that actor looked familiar. Yeah, I'm going to get through like- some of these actors. It okay. might have been him, but uh, one of them was in Tommy Boy. Oh, okay. It Maybe that was the guy who was yeah, in Tommy I, Boy. It might have been. Or it might have been the engineer who was in Tommy yeah, Boy. Yeah, I think. It, but. The engineer, actually, he uh, played the head janitor in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. Nice. So, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, and Some of these people have careers. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, with the, like the professors with the girl, and when they're reanimating Rowan and Jason's there and everything, like you got this one kid who's wearing a mesh shirt come up to this girl who's wearing a jacket that is tied so you can see her cleavage with no undershirt. And you got these other people talking. And my note was, this movie's horny. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids just... I didn't realize they were students when I watched it because I didn't watch the trailer. But these kids are horny and they clearly don't care that they have this monster-looking mm-hmm. dude wearing a hockey mask, which you're like, what's a hockey mask? Oh, that's where it was outlawed in the year 2014. In 2020, 2024. Okay, 2024. So, everybody, we got one more year. Yeah, and then right after all the horniness ensues and, like, the professor's sleeping with a student, which, Mm. you get a passing grade. So (laughs) gross. Like, that didn't need to happen at all. But, like, this this is the whole thing of gratuitous nudity in these movies. It's like, we got to show boobs because people are seeing a horror movie. Neither here nor there. I don't care about it either way, but... Throughout all this, they have the one girl who's like the lead researcher of the students. She's taking Jason's eye out mm-hmm. to look at his eye, which is another time where I just wrote gross as so, I was looking at it. This goes back to the director where I said he did a lot of uh, effect work for Cronenberg. And okay. the word that somebody used is Cronenberg movies are wet and oozy. Yep, that's a perfect just <laughs> what I saw. And so that's what this And the fly all. is to this day the fly that movie the fly is still terrifying. Oh no, it is. It's it's gross as all get out. So that's where a lot of this comes from. It's like, oh look how gross Jason is. And I wrote the Veronica Vaughn looking doctor, who 
of everybody in this movie outside yes. of like Rowan. That's who I thought it was at first. No, yeah. It was yeah. Veronica Vaughn. No, that's what's her name. She's married to Pete Sampras. Yeah, but, I can't think of her But anyways, uh, they, she's like the only non-bad one, all right? Uh-huh. But yeah, I will, she doesn't, yeah. yeah. And this is the one point of this movie that most people will say they like. Now, before we get to it, you have two of the horny kids are trying to hump while she's cutting up Jason. And she's uh-huh. like, why don't you guys just get out of here? Oh, okay. So they go, oh, yeah, and, they run and while they're doing the deed, Jason wakes up because uh-huh. young premarital sex is what revitalizes him. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> These young kids are doing it before marriage. That's going to wake him up, <laughs> yeah. and sure enough. And he grabbed Veronica Vaughn-looking lady, sticks her head in liquid nitrogen, and then smashes her yep. head into... That's the that's a cool scene. That looks cool. The effects were cool. It was, believe I, when I saw it, I said gross again when I was watching <laughs> it. So it must have had some effect on me. But yeah, when you take... But again, and Jason essentially kills everybody in this movie with few exceptions, but she shouldn't have died in the ethos of these movies. No, no. She was just doing her she, yeah. job, doing what she's supposed to do. Two people in one head survived this movie. Which I'll yeah, that's true. <laughs> <discuss> that. <laughs> and now Rowan, she's been awoken, like you said, and she's like, "You guys got Jason Voorhees here." And the professor's like, "Yeah, it's okay. It's the future. We're good. Nothing's yeah. gonna happen." Knowing that he wants to sell the body to some dude, and then they have yeah, space. some dude who's laying in a bed who's yeah. like sick, yeah, or something. <laughs> and then there's some space marines or space army guys that are with mm-hmm. them. And then you have the virtual reality game where the stoner that- dude was weird like when that whole scene came on was weird but also like again the horniness of this movie there's a guy on there who is your typical late 90s early 2000s like virgin in these type movies Mm -hmm. sitting there with the robot lady oh yeah and all of a sudden it pans and she's topless but her nipples fall yeah and then they're like oh why do you want these well so-and-so has them well you don't need them and it's just it's so weird because this guy is having a relationship with a robot in this Mm -hmm. movie that's some black mirror stuff dude. oh yeah it's gonna it's gonna get even weirder but they have then yeah there, that's. I have another note here from what you mentioned. Jason starts to move when 20-year-olds are doing it. Mm-hmm. Jason's up to his old tricks mm-hmm. now that he's awake is what I wrote again. So you have the, the dude, Azrael, that got his arm cut off, which they've reattached. He's playing some VR game with an yeah. army guy. Jason chops up their VR things, and they're like, and they're all like, hey, man, what are you doing? Yeah. And he grabs Azrael and gives him the backbreaker breaks his mm-hmm. back, and then takes the army dude and just repeatedly smashes his head against <laughs> At least five to seven times while they're doing that. I was also confused because when before I knew they were playing a video game, I thought there were monsters in this oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, Jason's killing mutant monsters. Maybe he's going to help these kids. Yeah. And then when he sliced Azriel half in the game, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a cool-looking death. But then I realized it was a video game. And yeah, he took that big guy. That guy looks like a neo-Nazi in this movie. But he took him and just repeatedly... And he kept doing it. And I'm like, it's like... <laughs> Millhouse, when when Homer's being crusty, he's like, he's already dead. Like, yeah. You don't have to do anything else. Dude. Yeah. Oh, before this, after he kills the Veronica Vaughn lady, you see all these medical devices, and I wrote, he picks up a yep. medical machete. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> which, why would you have a medical machete? <laughs> oh God. So now you have the soldiers that are hunting them, and which I wrote, uh, Sergeant looks familiar. Is what I wrote with that. Yeah, I'm gonna, like I say, I'll go through his. He he's done yeah. some stuff you might have seen, but one by one they all get picked off. I could not find the the sound bite, but one of the dudes gets thrown onto this big drill bit, and his mm-hmm. body just circles down it. And later on, the other army's guys, we found so and so. He's screwed. And I'm like, that man is dead. 
Yeah, he probably has a mom and a dad who are waiting for him to come home, and they're cracking jokes at his expense while he's on a corkscrew type thing. Yeah, one lady gets her. That was was such a bad, like, the jokes in this are so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then some lady gets her throat slit. They, uh, one gets impaled. Like, Jason gets impaled on the hook, but he's Jason. He gets off it and impales somebody else. Yeah. And then the the, the poor. He cut a dude in half. Yes. Yes, that's right. There's a dude who thinks he has him. He's got him pushed under the spikes. And then Sarge is like, keep him there. We don't lie. He's like, oh, I, I got him. Don't worry about him. That guy turns around. Never supposed to do that in those movies. Nope. And he is lopped off at, and, and they, he's trying to crawl at him. Right. And they make the huge mistake in this movie that all these movies make. And again, I think part of it's intentional for this movie that they all split up. So he takes uh-huh. them out one by one. So you have the Sarge is the only one left. He backs up against the wall. And then you hear this. Duh. <laughs> It's gonna take more than poking the ribs to put down this old dog. Yeah, that ought to do it. <laughs> so he gets—he's st- dying. <laughs> yeah, so he's cracking a joke. <laughs> That's you know, and then before all that too, there's a scene where they cut to the people, the kids who are still alive with the professor, and the professor's yelling at them and like saying like, "Oh." I told him not to go. I told him not to do this as all these people are being picked off. And I wrote in my notes, I think the professor's the worst bad guy than Jason. <laughs> yes, he is. Again, capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> totally, yeah. Capitalism and premarital sex. Those are the enemies of this movie. Yep. CG is rough in this movie. Oh, too. yeah, when it's we, terrible. When they uh, crashed their plane onto the Sol- or their spaceship on a Solaris, that was bad CG. Oh, like, it was terrible. I get it. It was 2000, would you say, three when this came? 2002. Two, okay, so we've had 20 plus years of CG, and the CG in this was, was you could tell, early 2000s. No, you, they, they were running out of money in post-production is what happened. So yeah, a lot of this looks obviously. like, a lot of this looks like pre-production CGI, and they just were never able to finish it. Where we are in the movie now, too, this is, so the point when the people leave the professor alone and Jason gets in, that's when I thought the movie was going to end within the next 10 minutes. We still got a good amount of oh, time. Oh, no, you're halfway through. Movie. Yeah, yeah, because he he, he just gets, wanted his other machete. Uh, yes, yeah, you get to, <laughs> you get to the cowboy pilot who is yep. horny for ladies, and he gets uh-huh. dismembered all over like, the place, ripped up on his pilot <laughs> chair. Why did Jason go so hard on that guy? <laughs> Doesn't like the fact he's horny for ladies. He's disrespectful. I guess so. <laughs> they go after the stoner engineer guy, but the oh, this is but the army was there before that was earlier on. So he gets away initially. And you're right, they crash through the space station, probably killing like a million people, which... Tons uh, of people, yeah, which they make no mention of. Because somebody did say there's a like a body count list for every Friday the 13th movie, and everybody says this one wins because he probably killed 30,000 people on that plane. On that. Easily, yeah. And, and Jason just going through that, that, that place, too, not worrying about the pilot at all. Yeah, and then you have the whole... You have Jason, like, or the professor, like, he just is in the thing is... Jason corners him and he sees his old machete. He's like, oh, he just yep. wants his machete. And then he's like, it's okay, guys. We're okay. Then you hear, <laughs> Later on, you see Jason walking around with his head. Yeah, when he comes up to the engineer oh, that's and right. he freaks the engineer out. But then the engineer's cracking jokes. He just saw his, his colleague's head and mm-hmm. he's cracking jokes. Rowan, she grabs a big old rifle and they're like, how do you know how to use that? She's like, it's riding a bike. And somebody's like, what's a yeah. bike? You, yeah. you learn and they're also, going to Earth, too, because the old Earth is obviously uninhabitable. But also, like, how does she know how to use that? She's been in cryostasis for over 400 years. Jeez. How does she use their newfangled guns? It's like how Fry just immediately adapts to a thousand years in the future. 
That is the whole <laughs> joke, though, that Fry is so dumb that he can just adapt wherever he goes. Uh, you find out now that Sarge is still alive. He's in bad uh-huh. shape, but they have they have things that can help out. And you hear at one time, the engineer, I think, tells somebody, oh, man, you don't remember the Microsoft conflict. We we're beating each other with our limbs. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you heard that, too. I was like, well, what? <laughs> that was like a joke that they just never finished. Well, and also, you know, when they get, yeah, clearly they didn't finish that joke, but when they get to the whole, like, you know, the, the nerdy virgin guy is talking, what's our probability of making it? And the robot lady says 12%. Well, can I make it any better? And they start making out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> like, what I said. Oh, I'm going to get to a line he said in a moment here. They're all trying to get to the shuttle, which they get to, which the first girl that was doing it with the guy when Jason woke up, she's freaking out. She's in the shuttle yeah. and won't open the door for the rest of them. Which and she doesn't tra- make any sense. Yeah. She tries <laughs> to take off, but the, she doesn't know how to fly it and it crashes in the ship and well, kills her. And the fuel line is still attached. Yeah, that's too. what it was. Yeah. And then you see the the manic pixie android girl has got leather whatever on and a whole bunch of guns. Do- Dominatrix robot yeah. is what I wrote <laughs> and in my notes. the dude who was trying to improve their odds, he said, I just gave her an upgrade. Ugh. Which means he he screwed her. That's what it means. Yeah, he had 100%. sex with her. <laughs> and also, that battle scene was ridiculous. Why does she hold the gun sideways? What's with all the flipping and nonsense? Mm-hmm. And then she obliterates Jason. Yes. I mean, chops his leg off, shoots half of his face off, fills him with bullets, and pushes him up against the wall. Like, yeah. Jason should be no more. Oh, and this is going to come in later. I'm going to talk. She shot half of his head off. Yeah, that's a... Oh, she yeah. blew... Oh, yeah, that's right, like, right. Yeah, two thirds of his head off. Even like all Jason movies, they're walking away. He's in the science lab that brought Rowan back, and so all, all of a sudden the power comes back <laughs> yep, on. Yep, all the little uh, more PS2 graphics and those ants were gross in that movie. <laughs> like too. a little a little uh, Frankenstein scene, and you see now we've got new Jason, Uber Jason, Jason X, all like cyborg out, big silver mask and. All this good stuff. Row, I have. I'm sitting here with my notes. I'm looking at it as this scene's going on with those gross ants. And my three notes in a row are, are they making another Jason? They sure are. And then Jason seems to be a cyborg now. And then right after that, I have robot lady got her head punched yes. off. Yes. <laughs> like, That's where she says, you all better run. He punches her head clean off. Because <laughs> she can't kill him anymore. No. He's even more bulletproof than he was before. He doesn't then, look as gross as a cyborg either. No, no, no. <laughs> and they, and again, I don't hate this design. You could tell this is something they did early because it doesn't mm-hmm. look bad like the rest of it. But you yeah. go through this just extended, the ship blowing up, another ship's trying to save them. They're all going through. People get knocked off. One of the surviving black dudes has to blow himself up to <laughs> yep. save the rest of them. The engineer, I think. I, I appreciate that they kept a a person of color all the way through yes, this much of yeah. the movie. And, and he, Sarge. And, and Sarge yeah, has it. Yeah. And they, they both, both the African-American males have, I don't think there are any African-American women. They have no, big not. heroic moments, but they're getting there. They're all going through this stuff and the android's still operational. So the mm-hmm. dorky guy is like, asks Rowan, tell me everything you know about this guy. Well, hold on. I do want to say before we get to that, when they're going, when the two people in the header are still alive, they have the other girl who wears the half jacket that's oh, tied yeah. so you can see her cleavage. She, they, they're going to a shuttle, a, a thing opens in space and wind's blowing. She gets turned into goo. She goes through a vent and is turned into goo. So, yeah. So and as she's going through, she's like, this isn't good. No, and no, no, she's no. Gone. No, I'm going to play what she says. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> what happens is, yeah, there's a breach and there's the vacuum of space is sucking everyone out. 
and they're trying to save her. And while she's barely holding on to a grate, you hear her say this. Oh, this sucks on so many levels! <laughs> and then she gets sucked through a grate. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty cool kill. <laughs> uh, it was, I don't know, man. It seemed rushed. <laughs> so, it was. The end of this movie is definitely rushed. For how long it is, it felt rushed. Yeah, and they... They get to the ship, and then they're like, okay, we're finally out of here. And then suddenly you see Jason floating after him. <laughs> and and then here comes Sarge. He takes Jason, brings him to this new Earth. They burn up in the atmosphere. You see two young lovers on a by a lake on Earth. Let's two. go look. Yeah, and they're like, oh, a shooting star. Let's go look. And the movie ends with Jason's mask sinking to the bottom of the lake. What we do need to say before that is... The nerdy guy, as you said, hooks the robot lady up to the thing. Tell me everything you know about him. Oh, and this is yeah, you're the right. Good joke yeah. of the whole movie, in my opinion, yeah. where they so it's been proven that you can do simulations in this world that they've created. And this nerdy guy and the robot lady decide they're going to put Jason in a simulation. And I want you to explain it because you told me about this yeah. before I saw the movie, so I waited the whole movie for yeah. this scene. So it's it's Crystal Lake in night in 1980. Is what it is, and you see the two best-looking females in the whole movie, in my opinion. You too. see these two young, comely lasses, and mm-hmm. Jason looks over at them, and this is the dialogue die. <laughs> hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or we can have premarital sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next scene is Jason holding a sleeping bag with one of the girls' bodies while he beats the other girl's body. <laughs> sleeping mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> and after they said all that stuff, they took their tops off and yeah. got into sleeping bags. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I wrote a note with that too. With why does Cyborg Jason have all these memories of Crystal? <laughs> Again, two thirds of his head was blown off. <laughs> like, why would he remember that? I, you know what? I actually love that scene. I absolutely it, love it. It was scene. the only joke in it that worked for me because I'm like, all right, they're clearly poking fun at themselves, but. <laughs> I, I don't understand why a cyborg would remember that. Or how does the cyborg lady know all this stuff about Jason when nobody knew who he was except for this random weirdo <laughs> seemingly in a sick bed? <laughs> I don't get it. it. It definitely made fun. So let's talk about its legacy time. Sure. I also, I just do want to say, yeah. like, a couple of my last notes are, this is a bad movie, boring, not scary at all, ending's too long. Why did they have to save the soap, the robot lady and not Sarge? And then this is a ridiculous movie. That's how I closed it. <laughs> yeah, the movie ended with the nerdy guy, Rowan, and the head of the android. Uh-huh. And that, Which she's going to need an upgrade. Yep. She'll gross. get it. <laughs> you don't need the body. You can, the, ah, gross, there is <laughs> There is an absolutely, it's considered one of the worst episodes of the new Doctor Who's. This, like, creature is like sucking people into the concrete or something and this one guy's girlfriend gets stuck in there but you can't unstuck her and the episode ends with him with a slab of concrete that's just basically her face and they're like that's okay we make it work we can still have intimate moments i'm like that's freaking terrible. that's gross <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> like, what a horrible life for the for that concrete block <sighs> so jason x comes out yep. The fans realize not only is it not freddy versus jason it is actively making fun of them it is mm-hmm. not a Friday the 13th movie. It is a sci-fi horror comedy that is on the, B, I mean, C-level movie. 
it is literally like it should be made for sci-fi channel. Like yes. I think you watching it on sci-fi channel is the way everybody should watch this. So this movie had a budget of $14 million, which was the largest budget that any of these movies has ever had. Who, and, where did it go to? Well, I, I think a lot of it went to the actors. And like I said, I think a lot of it was you look at that Jason design, you look at that Uber Jason design, you look at the scene with the, whatchamacallit, where he crushes her head in, into the ice, bu- uh-huh, ice thing. Yeah. There are completed FX shots, but there's a lot that are not completed. So there's some, okay. they don't know if they really got all that money, if New Line kept pulling it back. The movie absolutely bombed. Did not, not make nearly enough of its money back. And you got a few years later, actually the very next year, in August of 2003, you got Freddy vs. Jason, which was made for double the budget, $30 million, but it made almost $120 million. How is that received by fans and critics? People like it. People think it's good. They think the final fight is worth it, even though, again, it's the whole, when are we going to get a fireworks factory? It takes okay. a while to get there. People well, do also, like aren't it. both of them like unkillable? And doesn't Freddy only get you through your dreams? So does Jason? and sleep in that movie that's what i mean i don't exactly know <laughs> okay. how it's all done like alien versus predator makes sense because they're two things that can fight and they don't need special circumstances freddy versus jason is confusing to me because jason is an unkillable mutant of a person and freddy attacks you through your dreams mm-hmm. so that's where i get confused by it when you go and then you had a reboot um about 10 years ago or so which a lot of people like a lot Came out in 2009. It was made for 19 million and it made close to 100. It takes, it kind of reboots the whole franchise. It takes it back to the, I think it's the first two or three of the original movies. It kind of condenses their plots. Okay. But because of, you know, how earlier I said it used to be with Paramount, then it was with New Line, and mm-hmm. then the original writers are suing over it. There's a lot of problems with the rights to this movie. Even to the point is there was a really well-regarded video game that came out, I think it was for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 era, where they wanted to put this Uber Jason into the game, but because of all the legal issues, they could Uh, never do it. And so they're having a really hard time getting these movies made. Now, you go look at rankings for this movie, and this is where I talk about the legacy of Jason X. It goes from, if you go see an article from 2010, it's rated as the worst one. Sure. To where, just today, the AV Club put out a ranking. They have it as number eight. You look at out 11, of 10? No, out of uh, 12, I believe. Okay. You look at a lot of other places, they actually have it usually in the top five of movies. So do you think people, as they've gotten away from it and gotten older, maybe they recognize the, how it's poking fun at the genre? And I think that's where <clears throat> some of the love has come in. Now, you first heard of this movie <clears throat> with How Did This Get Made? Yeah, I mean, it did it in the cre- it did it in the beginning when you played the trailer, but Rob Hubel throughout that whole recording kept singing <laughs> "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor." That's that's kind of what I equate I equated to that. And then Jason Manzukis, who's one of the hosts, he said that he kept writing down in his notes, "What's Jason?" And then he kept saying it was like a a, meta, a, a crisis for him because he didn't know he kept writing "What's Jason?" Yet his name is Jason. So that's what I recall from it. I mean, did any of them like it or have any? No. Okay. No, I mean, they all, Judai and Raphael hated it. I think, you know, Paul Shear and Jason Manzoukas are a little bit less tough on those movies. I think they liked the whole making fun of it, but I don't think they really enjoyed it too much, from what I recall. And at the time it came out, so you had, uh, I told you mm-hmm. off, off mic that I could not find a video. It would have been Roger Ebert and Richard Roper at the time, so I don't even know if they did it for their show. Um, yeah. But Roger Ebert actually did review it for his website. Okay. And the opening line of the website is, there's a line in this movie where a character says, this sucks so much. 
That's what I think of this film. <laughs> he couldn't have been more right. May he rest in peace. He, he gave it half a star. Why didn't he give it zero stars? I think half is the lowest, maybe. Or okay. maybe he reserves that for particularly terrible movies. Sure. Um, Richard Roper did write the supposedly new, improved, futuristic Jason's just the same guy with a hipper hockey mask. Uh, Michael Phillips, who he wrote, better than I thought it would be, but that still means it's a big pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> You had somebody else say that it's actually a pretty good movie if you can get through the first 30 minutes. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> the movie's only like 88 minutes long. But, oh, yeah, yeah, it's less than an hour and a half. But as the years have gone on, I think there's this camp nostalgia for it in that I go again to somebody like me. I never, I've only ever seen one Halloween movie, and that's Halloween 3, which is, okay. which is another one that the fans hate, but it's kind of... Was that the other one you uh, that was the, yeah, during this yeah, season yeah. of The Witch, it's yes, called? Yeah. Okay. Because it's the only one without Michael Myers. And okay. it's, it's a different kind of story. I actually have a plan to go through the Nightmare on Elm Street movies because people say they're actually surprisingly good. I've seen the first one. I know the first one. But I, you know, this isn't my genre of film. No, me neither. And the, oh, the Freddy movies is when The Simpsons did it with Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> so... Now, let's talk about the actors in this movie. Yeah, this is, I'm cute, because I, I wrote my notes at the beginning. I don't know who any of these are. And then as I watched the movie, Sarge looked familiar, the engineer looked familiar, and the pilot looked familiar. That was it. So I'm going to start with Rowan, again, played by Lexi Doig. So that was one of her first movies. That was uh, you know, early on in her career. She did Jason X. She had a couple of small roles here and there, but she's the star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, she's gone on to do a lot of TV, a lot of like genre TV. She was also in the movie The Green Room. She's in the reboot of V. She uh, played Talia Al Ghul in Smallville. Oh, okay. So those who know who that is know who that yeah. is. She's still working to this day. Again, a lot of genre stuff. She's in the Chucky TV series. Or actually, I think she played Talia Al Ghul in Arrow. I don't know okay. if she played in Smallville. Was she in... Green Room, the movie with Patrick Stewart as a neo-Nazi, or is this a different Green Room? No, that, I believe that's one with Patrick Stewart. Because I've seen that movie, but I don't remember her in that. I mean, again, probably a smaller role one way or the other, but... Sure. You know. Well, I mean, from that movie, I remember the young actor who's leading that, who died, and then the girl from Search Party, who's leading Search Party, is in that as well. And then there's Patrick Stewart, obviously, who's amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jonathan- movie's terrifying, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Potts, who played the professor... Again, Ugh. has had a pretty a pretty good career. I he, thought he was a Farley. I thought he looked like Chris Farley's yeah. brother. But he was in uh, Queer as Folk. He was uh, a couple of like, made-for-TV movies. Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> um, he's in the TV show Eureka. Again, I'm, coming, I'm just looking through IMDb. He was yeah, yeah. on everybody's favorite show, Suits, for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Movie made. I mean, it's getting a huge resurgence on streaming. Yeah. I mean, but he's he's been in some stuff. So same thing with Lisa Ryder, who played the android. She's been in a few things. I mean, none of these people have been in huge, huge stuff. But let's talk about Boyd Banks, Fat Lou. That's the uh, that's the horny pilot. That's the the cowboy hat. And I find it funny. You go to his IMDb and it's like known for the Dawn of the Dead. uh, The um, what's his name? The Zach recent Snyder one. one. Yeah, the Zack Snyder one. I remember him in that. I'm like, oh, pretty good. Then it says Jason X. He played Clyde Spinoza in Black Sheep. I don't know who that is, but. Oh, it was one of the guys taking pictures, like trying to, to foil Chris Farley's brother in that. Okay. 
And he was yeah. on the TV show 12 Monkeys. He's, uh, okay. again, yeah. still working to this day. I know him from uh, Black Sheep. That's where I know him from. Philip Williams, Crutch. That was the engineer guy, okay? Mm-hmm. Is he Tommy Boy? Yeah, I believe he was in Tommy Boy. He was also in an episode of Fargo from 2015. So that must have been. Really? Yeah, that must have been. Is that the first season of that? With as I say, uh, Billy Bob, Colin Hanks, and uh, uh, I wish I could remember the female lead in that because she's so good in that. I can't remember her name, though. He, like I said earlier, he played the head custodian in um, Goodwill Hunting, but he also played the character of Danny in Tommy Boy. That he's one of the guys who works at the factory when you watch it. I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> when he when he lets uh, Chris Farley smooth the Well, that's a different guy who lets him smooth the can out, but there's a guy. He, like, talks from the crowd and stuff. But probably the most successful one, just for the, the movies that he's been in. And when I say one of these, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Is Peter Mensa. That's the Sarge. Okay. He played the messenger in the movie 300. The guy okay. who yep. comes in and tells him. Who gets him, kicked into the pit. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Now, you wouldn't know this, but the moment I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's him. He also played the blind master in the Snake Eyes movie. The role yeah, that was played that. by RZA in the previous G.I. Joe movie. Oh, RZA for life, dude. I love RZA. But he's been in some big stuff. He was in True Blood for a stretch. He's on the show Spartacus for a stretch. He, okay. he's, he's had a big career. I mean, he yeah. has been in a lot of stuff. When I did Good the- for these people for working. Again, the actor who played Rowan, she was giving it her all. She was. Like, she really went. <laughs> but the, the kids, the kids are what really, like, I think that's what frustrated me. It's mm-hmm. just, and I get it. They're they're writing what the writer said. They're doing what the director told them. But it was just, it was so cliche at the time. And like a movie like that is never going to get made today. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk again. Like I just mentioned, the movie Snake Eyes. And I said my issue with mm-hmm. the movie Snake Eyes is I sat down to watch that movie, and I have 30 years of knowledge with these characters. Like I always yep. used to say, the problem with the the second Star Wars prequel, the Attack of the Clones one. As said, when I was a kid, when I was five or six years old, I heard Princess Leia said, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars. And I'm like, holy shit, what are the Clone Wars? <laughs> yeah, totally. And I spent 25 years of my life making up in my mind what the Clone Wars were. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that movie, I'm like, that's not it. Isn't that the movie we saw the trailer for before Incredibles also? No, that was birthday? Revenge of the Sith. Oh, because I remember you told me I had to be quiet. <laughs> yes. So I knew it was important to you, but yeah. yeah. But it's, but again, you have this built up idea in your head of what it is. Now, yeah. what they've done with the Clone Wars cartoon, Rebels, the latest season of Ahsoka, I think they've sated my appetite for that stuff. But we're talking okay. about hundreds of hours of entertainment. Yeah. I get the Friday the 13th fans who sat down and watched this movie and hate it because it spit on everything they love. There's no explanation for anything. Jason yeah. isn't a, a thing of mystery. He's just a plot device, a machine. The mm-hmm. characters do all the stupidest things on the planet. <laughs> and, and it's telegraphed that they do the stupidest things on the planet. This movie, I think, tried to be Scream. Okay. But it just could not quite reach that level. I get like most of the movies we watched on here aren't great, but I like I love the room for how bad it is. Yeah. I genuinely liked Buckaroo Banzai. Like I really, I, I've gone back and watched it a couple times since then because I liked it. I don't like this movie. I don't understand what you do like about this movie because it sounds like you you're saying everything I'm thinking. Yet you even when I told you like you gave me the two choices and I picked this one. You, oh, that movie's great. What's great about it? <sighs> that's where I'm confused. Like, you know, and, that's and again, what, I'm not trying to yuck your yum or do no, anything no. like that. I just want to know what you like about it. 
because it's one of these things that this is why I use the Snake Eyes movie to compare it. You took something I loved and you just did not deliver or Attack Mm -hmm. of the Clones. You took something that's like, yeah, it's just not quite right. I have my own thing. I don't find these Jason movies, these Friday the 13th movies in any way something I want to watch or do or things like that. I've seen bits and pieces. Kevin Bacon is famously in the first one. I've seen how he dies. I've seen there's one where a dude and a girl are making out against a tree and like Jason takes a leather strap and puts it around the girl's eyes and twists it behind the tree till her face collapses in. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's none of that intrigued me. So mm-hmm. this took all of that stuff that I'm like, uh, and made fun of it. And it's, okay. in a lot of ways, you know what it is. It's like a, a better version of scary movie because it's not trying. This is a second podcast in a row. We're going to talk about scary movie. <laughs> but scary movie is a spoof movie. It is. I mean, me. it's like not another teen movie. You go into that expecting to make fun of it. I went into this. I honestly thought there was going to be stuff that scared me or that oh, I'd be no, grossed no. out by the gore because I don't like that stuff. Nothing, nothing. I got I, nothing from this movie. Like, no, none of that. I, you know what? I, I could probably, like, I sat down and had my wife watch the Apple. And she'll always say that she's like, I'm glad mm-hmm. I've seen it, but I'll never watch it again. And I'm like, I'll probably watch it sure. three more times this year. <laughs> <laughs> three more times this month, I would yeah, imagine, yeah. you. Because with a lot of these movies we talk about, including The Room, there's bad movies where people are just mailing in it. Uh-huh. Okay? You could tell for three minutes David Cronenberg is having a great time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, says probably the grossest line in movie history, and I mean, including pornography when he says stuff like that. And like, as the years have gone on, I told you this movie's kind of gained a little bit more of a cult following. Fans of the mm-hmm. series are kind of accepting it more and more. They did a comic book series called Jason vs. Jason X, and huh. the thing that I I've read about it I thought was interesting is the way Jason comes back is that third of a head that the android shot off gets rebuilt with the parts of the dead bodies on everybody on the ship to make regular Jason. <laughs> and I mean, that that actually kind of works. <laughs> and Jason X, you find out that it was a simulation that they all saw of him dying where they all died. Jason took over the ship. Or no, I'm sorry, it was an unscrupulous guy flying the ship because he wants to sell Jason's okay. body. Yeah. But Jason kills him and finds there's a sex cruise coming by, a pleasure spaceship coming by. So Jason <laughs> X goes on that ship to go kill all the horny people. And oh then classic God. Jason comes to that <laughs> ship to kill them, and then they fight. Oh. Okay. It <laughs> like, seems like a long walk to get to Jason still around. <laughs> but it's people, and I told you about that video game. They put the character, the Uber Jason or whatever, into it they there there's been amongst some of the fans and other people kind of this i don't want to call it appreciation but this camp factor to it this movie yeah more than any of the other friday the 13th movies this one's accepted as being quote-unquote campy and people people are going back to watch it i know it's not for everyone it's no (laughs) totally I, I'm gonna finish I up. think that's a good thing about this podcast, though, is you're introducing me to stuff I would never watch. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I genuinely disliked. So I'm going to go back to talk about James Isaac, the guy who directed this, who was okay. uh, visual effects. He, he worked a lot on um, visual effects. That's what he was known for. Pretty well-respected guy in Hollywood. He uh, started his career, worked on Return of the Jedi. He did mm-hmm. a lot of the creature stuff there. He worked on Gremlins. He did... Um, 
arachnophobia. <laughs> For some reason, you look at his IMDb and it's like, look who's talking to. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> he had done uh, stuff for like The Fly. I know. He had done all these things and he got this chance. He got this chance to go direct this movie. And he, he went out there. He did it. He died when he was 51 years old of blood cancer. Uh, and that's a bummer. This was to be his break. He did a couple of films after that, but he's definitely in the genre thing. But everybody that goes back and looks at it and all the people, all the actors, like you'll have certain movies. The Room, as an example, the girl that plays Lisa, she wants nothing to do with that movie. Mm-hmm. There's um, people for I, I think the only movie where everybody kind of had a happy story is Buckaroo Banzai because these totally. are all people on the verge of becoming <clears throat> superstars. Yep. <laughs> this movie, everybody, they speak very fondly of Isaac. I told good. you about the That's writer good. saying about how and I mean this. Is it kind of an exploitive movie because there's you know yeah. they're going to show boobs and all, but it mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't like the room where they're humping each other's chests or <laughs> no, and you could clearly tell one person didn't want to do that in the room. <sighs> but Ty, I think I can sum up this entire movie with this line of dialogue. Oh, this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> Roger Eager was not wrong. <laughs> That's what you love about Roger Ebert. He sat there through uh-huh. that whole movie. He's like, this is terrible. And he saw that line. He's like, that's it. That's, I'm right. that's what he needs to write. Well, it's, all, it's funny, too, because I, Phil Hartman used to play like a movie critic on SNL. May he rest in peace, one of our greatest comic actors ever. But I was flipping through channels the other day on my streaming stuff, and I saw fools rush in. And I remember <laughs> Phil Hartman playing the movie critic saying, you'd be a fool not to rush out and puke. <laughs> so I kind of got that feeling when I was watching Jason X. <laughs> Well, Ty, it's uh, it didn't end the franchise. There were two movie, one movie, and then a reboot after it. But if somebody needs to find you, you're a big dude. You can play Jason. Yeah, I could, <laughs> and um, you can go get your medical machete or whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't, need a medical. I have machete. a friend. I have a few friends that are doctors. I'm going to show them that part of the movie and say, "What's that used yeah. for?" Yeah, I was going to say because I know a couple <laughs> of your friends who are doctors. I we should ask our the doctor yep. why why does she need a machete? Yep. Well, where are people going to find you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Kulik, P-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. Come read my pop culture stuff on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. I've been on Chucklehead Chat Podcast, hosted by my buddy Glenn Adams. I'm going to be on another one coming up soon. Most importantly, though, listen to me on the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, our you know regular podcast that we do weekly. And check out our Patreon and all that stuff. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, repeat all that, Ex-Millennial Man and... Uh... Go check out Chucklehead Chat, especially if you're in the St. Louis area. You guys should definitely be checking that out. It's good. I listen to it. It makes me homesick. So (laughs) as for first watch, rewatch, we're here on the 1st and 15th of every month. I've got, I'll tell you off mic what we have up next here, but I've got it scheduled through the end of the year. Two of them are suggestions that people have emailed me, so I appreciate those. And if you're interested in being on it, go ahead. Feel free to Mm. talk to me about it. So Ty, with all that being said, I there's only one way that we can definitely go out and close a book on Jason X and all the spooky season. Let the and, bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Stay the fresh, cheese bags. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the 